What's up and welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thanks for being here. This is part of our two-part holiday spectacular. And if you're watching on YouTube, shout out to you. You get to see me in my Mary and Dwight Christmas sweater as I record this one. Uh, and as you're listening, it's Christmas. So Merry Christmas. Hope you're having a great day. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to dive into really the first of a two-part series where I want to help you figure out just some of the key cogs to the most important things you could do for the most popular fitness goals that are out there. And today we are going to be focusing on fat loss. So I have four tips to lose fat in 2024. And these are things that um, you know, some of them I've spoken before about them on the podcast. Um, some of them, maybe not some of them, maybe in a different light, we'll discuss them, uh, cause this is new year's resolution season. And you know, it's a, uh, it's a popular time for people to get motivated about health and fitness. And with that being the case that may describe you, I want to help you just approach this stuff the right way. Uh, because if we're being honest, the vast majority of people who set a New Year's resolution, especially if we're, trying, we're talking about fat loss, they take the all or nothing approach, right? They take the fast track, the rapid fat loss, the how can I lose as much weight as possible, as quickly as possible, and then go back to what I was doing approach. And obviously, that's not good. Obviously, that doesn't work. And that's why most people, uh, you've probably heard the stat, uh, most people either uh, don't achieve their new year's resolutions or with the health and fitness one, like losing fat, uh, you see some progress, but then gain it all back later in the year because you never took a, an approach that was going to be manageable, sustainable, uh, something that you could adhere to. So a lot of the topics I'm going to talk you through these four tips uh, are really going to be based around how you can do this effectively and efficiently, but really also sustainably, because I want you to be able to make progress in 2024 that you can actually manage and maintain and learn from it. Like that's the basis of everything I do with my one-on-one -on -one online fitness coaching clients is I want to help them make progress while we're working together. But like before anybody signs up, I always say the goal here is for you to make progress now, but also learn along the way how to maintain that progress long-term and really uh, continue to set higher goals for yourself as you move forward. And there's a lot of uh, teaching and knowledge that get, gets shared throughout the coaching process uh, to help folks understand the fundamental building blocks of exercise and diet and how all this stuff comes together so that you can do exactly that, so that you can manage your progress long-term. Um, so that's what I want for everybody that wants to lose fat and really anything with fitness. Like if you want to improve your health and fitness, you should want to do it in a way that lasts because this stuff is forever. This stuff is not for right now. And so many people take this approach of like, oh, I'm going to focus on this now, but then I know I'm, I'm going to not be focusing on it later. Uh, but your health ebbs and flows with your lifestyle habits and how you carry yourself throughout life. And at every stage of life, your health matters, right? So this health and fitness stuff is not a fad. It's not a trend. It's not for a short period of time. Uh, it's for forever. So you might as well find an approach that you can adhere to and enjoy and actually use forever. So uh, let's get that fat off here in 2024 and uh, do it the right way. And I'm excited to dive into four tips today that will hopefully help you do that. Real quick though, before we dive into the content of this episode, want to remind you, I mentioned this in last week's episode, so in case you missed it, I will be opening 
coaching applications on January 3rd, 2024. That's Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Coaching applications will open up and go live. I will be running a sale 50% off your first month of one-on-one online fitness coaching, Uh, and that sale will run through the following Wednesday, Wednesday, January 10th. So you will have about a week there uh, to get your application in, and we can talk about you know what your goals are, what a program might look like for you, uh, and if it's a good fit and uh, you want to get rolling, then we can get you signed up on that massive discount. It's a massive discount, and I don't do this all the time. Uh, quite frankly, I, I almost never do sales like this. I do them very infrequently throughout the year, and after January 10th, coaching applications will close again until the next time I come on this podcast and say they're opening back up. Uh, and I've mentioned it before. I try to keep the amount of people I work with to, uh, you know, a manageable minimum, um, just because, or I guess manageable maximum, um, because, uh, I, I have two jobs. I have three kids. Uh, there's only so much time I can allocate to everything. And with coaching, with the folks I work with, with the clients that I have, I want them to get the best possible experience that they can. And I truly believe that my coaching program is the most personalized coaching program that you're going to find, especially at the cost. So I want to be able to give you all the support that you need. Um, and a part of doing that is limiting the amount of people that I work with. So if you're interested, make sure you have Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024, marked on your calendar. I will put a link to my coaching page in the show notes. And uh, if you got that date circled on the calendar, put a notification in your phone, do whatever you got to do. Make sure you get your application in on that date. You can get the huge discount on your first month of coaching uh, and we can get you on a program that's that's actually going to work for you. Okay, so uh, looking forward to that. Uh, The countdown has begun and uh, super excited to bring some new folks into the coaching program. But all right, with all that said, let's dive into the topic of today, which is again, four tips to lose fat in 2024. Okay, let's start with nutrition uh, because with any type of fat loss goal, there are so many different ways you can approach it, right? There's diet, there's exercise, there's these lifestyle habits that you can incorporate, uh, and it all matters, but nothing is going to move the needle as much as your diet, as your nutrition, as managing what you put in your mouth uh, the right way. And I've talked a lot in previous podcast episodes, um, you know, about things with tracking your nutrition, flexible dieting, how to manage your diet and do it in a sustainable way. And all of that stuff still applies. Uh, but on today's episode of the podcast, I want to dive into some, you know, more nuanced topics about fat loss. Because if you've listened to the podcast for a while, uh, you know a lot of the fundamentals, right? And we're still going to touch on those fundamentals. But like I said at the beginning, we're going to do it in a little bit of a different way here. So, um, From a nutritional perspective, and this is maybe the most important thing that you can do as you get into the new year for fat loss, try to eat your height in protein. And that may sound weird, so I'm obviously going to explain what I mean, but um, most people or most recommendations that you're going to hear from coaches, trainers, fitness influencers is eat one gram of protein per pound of your body weight. Okay. And I'm not a huge fan of that approach. And don't get me wrong, it's not bad. If you do that, it's not going to ruin your progress. Uh, It'll most likely help a lot. But what I have found, especially when we're talking about fat loss, is if you need to lose body fat, uh, you're probably at a 
overweight or obese status, right? You're probably at least overweight, uh, which means you're carrying more weight than you need to or should be. And because of that, if you match your protein with your body weight, you are probably going to be eating far more protein than you actually need. And, you know, let's say you're 200 pounds, 250 pounds, 300 pounds. Um, that could also really be hard to achieve and really, really be hard on your, your GI, on, on your digestive system if you haven't eaten that much protein before. So I don't really like to throw people that far in the direction of a high protein diet, at least not to start. Um, and you know, we have a lot of research that shows that much protein is actually overkill. Again, it's not going to hurt you to eat that much protein, but you don't necessarily need that much. And for most people, that's not even feasible. So what I like to recommend is to eat your height in protein. And by that, I mean your height in centimeters. Okay. So this is something that I have found is much more, uh, easily applied across like all populations of people. So whether you're underweight, whether you're at the appropriate weight, whether you're overweight, whether you're obese, we all kind of still fall into like the same window of height, right? Like most people are between five feet tall and six feet tall. I, you know, just on, I don't know what the average, you know, actually I'll Google it right now. I'm going to Google this live on the podcast. How tall is the average American? Uh, the average American man is five feet, nine inches tall. So let's see. What is the average woman? Five foot, four inches tall. Okay. There's your window. We're talking about how the, the average heights of people are. So we're all kind of like in that, that, that uh, relatively close range to each other. And if you take your height and convert that to centimeters, it's going to put you at a range that you're most likely going to be giving your body everything it wants and needs to recover from your workouts, but you're also going to be giving yourself a high level of satiety in your diet. And that means your diet is going to be very filling. Um, most people, when you start to eat a high protein diet or a, a high protein diet that is higher in protein that you're, than you're accustomed to, and I don't mean like 10 more grams than you're accustomed to. I'm talking about like 30, 40, 50 more grams of protein that you're used to on a daily basis. That alone, when you prioritize protein to that degree, that alone is going to make you feel so much more full on the food that you're eating that it almost inherently puts you in a calorie deficit. It almost makes a calorie deficit happening without you having to do any type of calculation to figure out how many calories you should be eating and then track your calories of all the food that you're eating. Like You could literally just eat your height in protein and probably start to lose a considerable amount of body fat in 2024. It, it, that often happens for most people. And if we're being honest, most people don't eat their height in protein on a daily basis. Uh, I believe my height in centimeters is like 180 or, or right around there, 180 to something like that. Um, and I regularly eat around 180, 190 grams of protein, but most people don't do that. So if you're like my size, I'm five foot 11. If you're my size and you normally eat hundred grams of protein a day or whatever it might be, you just eat a lower protein diet. And then you push that to 180 
that is going to be so filling for you that you're going to lose the desire or the cravings to have snack food and have these little indulgences that have maybe pushed you in the direction of gaining a little bit too much weight. Uh, You're not going to have cravings for that type of stuff anymore because eating that much more protein is going to fill you up. It's actually probably you're going to notice that it's it becomes very hard to eat all the food that you need to throughout the day just to get to that much protein, okay? And so that's why I say like, if you're 230 pounds and 180 grams of protein is gonna make you that full, then getting to 230 is just like overkill. It's probably gonna hurt your stomach, hurt your digestive system, and like it's it's an unattainable goal. So I like to set an attainable goal that's still going to be really effective and eating your height and protein is unbelievably effective. So that is my first tip. If I could encourage you to do anything, it's eat your height in protein. And again, what that means is take your height, convert it to centimeters, and it's super simple to do. Okay. This is not complicated. Go on Google and type in inches to centimeters. Okay. And then all you need to do is figure out how many inches tall you are and plug that in. And it's going to tell you what that, what that equates to in centimeters. And then that's your daily protein goal and try to hit that every day. Again, the satiety effect, the 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 um, amount of uh, fullness that you're going to feel, how filling that's going to make your meals is going to put you in a calorie deficit quite easily. Uh, that happens for almost everybody. So that's a really easy place to start, like the first thing that you need to do. And if that puts you in a calorie deficit easily, we know that a calorie deficit is required to lose fat. So you've already tackled the biggest factor for losing body fat, which is being in a calorie deficit. You've done that by doing one thing. Okay. Um, it's, it's very, very effective and not to mention, uh, it's going to help your body recover from your workouts. Uh, and we'll talk about training here in a little bit, but like if you're strength training and lifting weights and breaking down muscle tissue, it's going to help you recover, build more muscle tissue, uh, lose more body fat, improve your overall body composition. So this, this first piece to the puzzle, uh, has so many positive trickle down effects to this goal of fat loss that this is the reason why it's my number one tip for you. So eat your height in centimeters, your height in centimeters in protein per grams per day in grams. That is, I think the best place for you to start. Alrighty. Tip number two is to set a step count goal for yourself and consistently hit that step count goal on a daily basis. And you'll notice, okay, we're two tips in here and uh, we haven't talked about any fat burning workouts. We haven't talked about intermittent fasting, uh, the OMAD diet, going keto, eliminating all carbs. We haven't talked about any of those things that you hear all the time. I'm trying to give you easily actionable things that you can do that aren't going to radically change your lifestyle, but can radically change your body composition and help you lose body fat. So setting and hitting a step count goal consistently um, is one of the most effective pieces to the puzzle that I've found with my clients and personally to to lose body fat. When I want to do a cut, um, the last few cuts I've done, like I did a mini cut this fall and before that I did a longer like 90, 100 day um, you know, calorie deficit fat loss phase. And in both of those, I didn't do any planned cardio at all. And they were the two best cuts I've ever done. I ended those with the best looking body composition I've ever had. 
Um, and, and I didn't do any cardio. I didn't go do sprints on the spin bike downstairs. I didn't go running outside, which I years ago have done because you think, oh, it's running. It's hard. It's going to make me lose more fat. Um, none of that. No, no spin classes, no hit cardio, none of it. Setting a step count goal is one of the most impactful things that you can do to lose body fat. And it gets overlooked because it's just walking. People think, well, if it's low intensity, I'm not doing enough to burn body fat, which is horseshit. It's not true. Like I just said, you just need to be in a calorie deficit to lose body fat and setting a step count goal is going to help you get there. Okay. So, uh, Step count goals, what they do and why they're so effective is because they encourage activity throughout the day, every single day. And the consistency of this is really important. What I actually do with my clients is when we set a step count goal, what we do is say like, I want you to average 10,000 steps a day for the week. Okay. And what that helps you do is like, if you have a really busy day at work and you're chained to your desk and you only get 5,000 steps. Uh, it's not a failure, okay? That's that's one day of the week, and across the entire week, we want to average 10,000 steps. That's what I like to do. That's what I would encourage you to do. So you can look back, if you, if you wear a watch that tracks steps, or if your phone does, or any type of device where you have some data like that, what I would encourage you to do is dive into the data and see what your step count goal, or not your goal, see what your average step counts have looked like recently, um, and if those step counts have been... I don't know, let's say 6,000 steps a day. Maybe you start your step count goal at seven or eight, right? You're trying to just tick that daily movement up a little bit. And when you do that, the reason it's so effective is uh, because it's encouraging you to move throughout the day every day. Again, consistency. Now, why is it better than workouts in the gym? Well, you know, this has actually been studied uh, that the amount of calories that you burn when you're in the gym is a very small percentage of the calories that you burn throughout the day every day. Um, and the the calories that come from non-exercise activity are actually much higher. Those calories that you burn are much higher and a much larger percentage than the calories you burn in the gym. The calories you burn in the gym equate to something like 5 to 10% of your daily calorie burn. Uh, your non-exercise activity is a higher percentage of that. And then the biggest percentage of your daily calories, this blows everybody's mind, is nothing. It's you actually doing nothing. It's your body living. <laughs> That's what burns the most calories uh, throughout the day, every day. So, you know, if you go into the gym and burn an extra 100 calories, those extra 100 calories as a percentage of your daily calories burned is very small. But what could be more effective is finding ways to move throughout the day on a more consistent basis. So, you know, instead of doing a hit cardio class uh, for a half hour, if you can squeeze in three 10-minute walks throughout the day and stack those steps on top of the daily steps that you always have and then do that seven days a week consistently, you're going to notice that that helps your body composition, that helps you burn more calories, that helps you stay in a calorie deficit more consistently than any type of cardio that you can do. So setting and consistently hitting a step count goal is my number two tip because of how impactful that can be. And there's just something to that that pursuit, that setting that goal of trying to move more throughout the day, that 
is really impactful, not only for fat loss, but also for you know your general health. Uh, but when you have that top of mind that you need to hit a step count goal, it inherently forces you to be more mindful of when you're sitting at your desk chair for too long. Like, I don't know how I'm sitting now. We're about 20 minutes into this podcast. I can tell. I can tell I've been sitting for a long period of time and uh, I have a step count goal that I want to hit. So I'm going to have to get up and move around a little bit after this to, to you know make up for a little bit of lost time here. But uh, it just helps you knowing that you have that step count goal. It helps you be more mindful of your daily activity. And when you're mindful of your daily activity, you move more, you hit that step count goal slowly and progressively over time, you can tick that step count goal up and it just helps more and more and more for this pursuit of fat loss. So before you go into the gym and try to do calorie burning workouts, start with a step count goal because it's more feasible, sustainable, enjoyable, uh, and it's actually going to be more impactful across the long term. And now let's talk about being in the gym. My tip number three is actually the types of workouts that you should be doing. And again, we're not going to be talking about anything that starts with, hey, this is a fat burning X, Y, or Z type of workout. You need to strength train. You need to lift weights. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. It's not because I'm biased, but I am. I love strength training. Lifting weights is basically my favorite thing to do. Um, But when you lift weights when trying to lose body fat, when in a calorie deficit, it actually creates a signaling response in the body that encourages more fat loss. And I'm going to explain what that means, what I mean by that. Uh, When you lift weights, your brain recognizes it, right? Everything that happens to your body throughout the course of a day, week, month, whatever, every individual day, there's different stimuli coming at you. And your brain receives that, right? You see it, your brain processes it, and your body reacts based on how your brain signals to your body. Um, And that signaling process that occurs when you're strength training in a calorie deficit is very powerful uh, because of this. You're in a calorie deficit. When you're in a calorie deficit, your body is searching for extra energy to get through the day. And that's how fat loss occurs. So when you're in a calorie deficit, you're eating less calories than your body needs, which means there's less energy. Calorie is a unit of energy. There's less energy coming into your body than you are expending. So what do you do? How does your body get through the day? If you're eating less energy than it needs, it utilizes tissue in your body and converts that into energy that it can use. And that's how fat loss happens. Okay. So when we're talking about being in a calorie deficit and losing tissue, You want that tissue that you lose to be body fat, but it could come from anything, right? You could lose muscle tissue as well when you're in a calorie deficit, but the likelihood of that happening is much, much lower when you're strength training. And the reason for that is back to that signaling thing I mentioned. When you lift weights, when you're in a calorie deficit, your brain recognizes that there's just a lot of challenging stuff happening in the body that's requiring your muscles to be used, right? You, you lift weights, you do like a, a heavy set of, or an intense set of bicep curls, your brain essentially signals to the body and says like, well, that was really difficult. And if, if you or me, if Chris is going to do that again, well, we need to preserve that muscle so that we can get through it more efficiently, or we need to build muscle so that we can get through it more efficiently. So 
Since that happens, the brain actually prioritizes muscle mass in your body. And what it does is it says, well, we need that muscle mass. So what we're going to do, since we're in a calorie deficit, we need energy to get through the day. We're going to grab that energy from fat tissue. Okay. And that's how you can prioritize fat loss through strength training. It's a signaling response where your brain recognizes how important, how valuable muscle mass is in your body. And because of that, it prioritizes that muscle and it uses more body fat for fuel and for energy to get through the day. So I cannot recommend it enough. Make sure that your strength training, uh, it maximizes fat loss. It improves body composition too. Like some people will say like, well, I don't, I just, I just want to lose weight. I just want to see the scale go down. And I promise you that you don't at the end of the day, just want to see the scale go down. Because if you see the scale go down and at the end of it, your body composition just looks kind of the same, but just like more skinny fat, you're not going to be happy with it. People are never happy with that type of look. I know you want the scale to go down, but like we're talking fat loss here. Fat loss can occur without the scale going down. I think what you really mean is you want to see your body composition improve. And so lifting weights, strength training while in a calorie deficit improves your body composition radically. It drastically increases the amount of muscle mass, decreases the amount of fat mass, and improves your overall body composition. Now, how do you go about that? There's so many different ways to go about that, that you can lift weights. I often recommend, you know, get yourself, if if you're a complete beginner, get yourself doing a pressing exercise, a rowing exercise, and a squatting exercise, okay? If you're more advanced than that, then you probably know some of the other exercise variations, but if you really have no clue about how to process this stuff, I have two options for you. Number one, if you sign up for my newsletter, you get a free 21-day program that can kind of teach you how to build some workouts, okay? So that could be really helpful. Or number two, mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I'm a coach. That's what I do. I set up programs for my clients so that you don't really have to guess your way through this stuff. I can give you the tools to figure out exactly what to do, lay that out for you, and then you can just go and do it, okay? So those are two good options for you. Um, but you you need to be on some type of plan to consistently make progress. Like a program is important. It's, it's much more helpful when you're lifting weights and doing strength training to be on a program as opposed to like just going into the gym and doing whatever and trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, so th- tip number three, you, you have to be strength training. You got to lift weights if you really want to improve your body composition and if you really want to maximize fat loss. And tip number four to wrap things up here, don't get focused too much on the scale, okay? I kind of alluded to that before, uh, but people really like, let the scale ruin everything, which is funny because most people who want to lose body fat, like I just said, they want to lose weight. They want to see the scale go down. Um, and then you let the scale actually convince you to quit, which is ridiculous. And I can't tell you how many times I've worked with a client who like, just by tracking the things that we do with body composition on a regular basis, they're blown away at how like, oh, I I actually am making progress and I would have typically quit at like this point in time, but now that I'm able to zoom out and actually see all the progress that I've made, holy crap, like I I look and feel like a completely different person. It's important to not only use the scale and like not, don't let the scale be the thing that helps you determine whether or not you're succeeding. Uh, Because the scale, especially for fat loss, is often... 
a terrible way to gauge progress. And I know that sounds backwards. Again, I, and I'm going to explain why. I know that sounds backwards, uh, but but it kind of is a, often a terrible way to measure your progress. Um, and, and the reasons for that is to go back to some of what I just said. You know, if you're strength training while you're in a calorie deficit, you could be building, tons of people build muscle while burning fat at the same time. Um, some people in the fitness industry will tell you like, oh, you have to do one followed by the other. You can't do both at the same time. But that's because they are deep into this stuff. They're very advanced in their journey and that's what they have to do. But from a general population standpoint, people who just like, you know, recreationally lift weights occasionally, do exercise occasionally, or if you're a complete beginner and haven't at all, you, you're you actually going to, like, I we can show you that it's actually going to happen. Like, it's guaranteed to happen if you do a calorie deficit plus strength training. And if you're new to this stuff or if you don't do it all the time consistently, you will build muscle and burn fat at the same time. We know that that's going to happen. Um, so, you know, with that being the case, just think about what that means. If you're building muscle and you're burning fat at the same time, we talked about tissue, right? Fat loss means you're losing tissue in the body. Well, if you're losing fat, you're losing that tissue, but at the same time you're building muscle. So you're losing a tissue in the body, but you're adding a tissue in the body. What does that mean? It means the scale could never move, but your body composition could change dramatically. Like I was just saying. So I, I mean, this happens all the time. I have a bunch of clients where it sticks out to me about the progress that they've made. I have a client, his name is Brian. Uh, he's done an unbelievable job. He's only seen the scale come down maybe like eight or nine pounds over the course of the year, but his muscle mass has gone up dramatically. So we know that he's lost a whole hell of a lot more body fat than that. And we take pictures so we see the fat loss that he's had. Another client of mine, Ryan, he's gotten so unbelievably strong. And again, he's lost like over the course of a year, like maybe 10 pounds, but like with his lifting, he actually maxed out of the available weight in his gym. So he had to buy dumbbells for his gym so that he could keep lifting heavier and getting stronger because he's built so much muscle and strength. Okay. So his, his body composition is, it's changed dramatically, but the scale hasn't changed dramatically. And, uh, when the scale doesn't change dramatically, most people think like, well, this program isn't working or what I'm doing isn't working. My plan sucks. I'm not the type of person who can lose weight. So I quit. And that's when people actually quit. And that's the shame of it because you, you probably actually weren't making progress. You're not just tracking all of the things that you should be. So back to the the tip here, don't rely solely on the scale to help you understand whether or not you're making progress, two things that I would encourage you to do in addition to, yeah, we want to step on the scale. It's a helpful unit of measure. It's not the only one, and you shouldn't only do that. Do that in addition to these two things that I do with my clients every single week. Waist measurements. That's the first one I want you to do. And I should I should, uh, I should, should run it back and, and, and re-speak what I just said. We don't do these every week. I'll explain to you how to do these. Uh, and when you should schedule them. We do weigh-ins every week. We do it every other day for the most part. Waist measurements are number two. We do waist measurements every two weeks. You wrap a tape measure around your waist at the top of the hip bone. I have a video on my YouTube channel that shows you exactly how to do waist measurements, how to track uh, your body composition and make progress, I believe is the title of it. It's one of the most recent videos I posted. So if you go on my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash chrisgatesfitness, you'll, uh, you'll see it on there. And it shows you exactly how to do waist measurements. Waist measurements are better indicators of fat loss than the scale. 
a lot of the time because, you know, we tend to, when we gain weight, everybody genetically kind of stores body fat differently. Uh, but for the most part, the vast majority of human beings, uh, the first place you'll start to see that fat accumulate is in the abdomen and your stomach area. So if we're taking regular waist measurements, since it, that fat starts to gravitate there first, when you lose fat, it starts to come off that same body, re, the region of the body first as well. So tracking waist measurements helps you understand uh, changes in your body fat. So you may see the scale doesn't move at all, but your waist measurement goes down half an inch or an inch over the course of a month. And it's like, holy shit, okay, well, I'm the same weight, but my waist measurement went down. I can relatively confidently say that I'm building muscle and burning fat, which is super cool. That's really, really cool. And let's tack on this third uh, one as well progress photos. Okay. So if you add progress photos to the mix, again, how to do those, it's, it's laid out in that video on my YouTube channel, take a photo from the front, right, left back. And I'll show you how to do that in the video. So check it out. Um, those are going to visually show you how your body's changing. And that's another one where it's like the other two measurements might not change at all, but you might visually start to see muscle definition in areas of your body that you never saw it before. Okay. And again, if you're seeing that it's not a mirage, it's not a not a joke. <laughs> it's happening. You're building muscle and burning fat at the same time. Uh, so make sure that you're tracking those types of things. And also just like pay attention to the fit of your clothes, pay attention to how you're feeling, what are your energy levels like, what's your mood like. So many different things can improve. And those are forms of progress too, even though they're not a number on the scale. So I can't encourage that enough is to not solely use the scale to determine whether your pursuit here of fat loss in 2024 is or is not a success. I hope these tips help. I really, really do. I think if you do those four things, but honestly, like I said at the beginning, like you could just do the first one and probably start to see progress. And maybe that snowballs into some of the other ones. Um, I really think if you do these, you're going to see great progress and uh, be a great starting point for you to, you know, start moving in the right direction. And, and, and don't worry about how fast or short or long it takes. Uh, just do it. Commit to being consistent and you're going to see progress. I can guarantee you that. Um, and if, you know, you're looking for some help along your journey, like I said at the beginning of the episode, January 3rd. 50% off your first month of coaching. Uh, I'm super excited for that. Check out that coaching link in the show notes uh, if you want to learn more and mark your calendar. Set up your calendar alert. Put my website in there, chrisgatesfitness.com slash coaching and uh, we can get you signed up. So, all right. Thank you so much uh, again for listening. I really do appreciate it and uh, make sure you tune in next week. So make sure you're subscribed, okay? And make sure you tune in next week when we talk about how to build muscle in 2024. But until then, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.